o'clock on a Monday. Where else are you going to be other than listening to Oasis? Feedback on a B-side that came from an incredible single which never made it onto an album. This is from Whatever. Also had Half the World Away on it and Slide Away. They don't make them like that nowadays, do they? Why don't we sit back and enjoy the opening of the Britpop show with a bit of Oasis. to be free by oasis all sorts of nonsense going on into this this song why not because it's a it's a b-side you're allowed it aren't you uh yes indeed so welcome welcome one and all to the Britpop show everybody seems to be loving that opening song tom let us know from uh, from battersea park he said uh, he just came in with a great song exclamation mark yeah absolutely i think so um 
and that's why we play it. Now, have we got a show for you today? Yes, we do. And I know I say it every week, but how excited am I that I am bringing you part one of the interview with Mark Morris, lead singer of the Blue Tones. Round of applause, everybody. I know, I know. Yeah. So we've got Mark Morris of the Blue Tones. I've got various uh, bits of the interview coming up for you very shortly. I'm going to warn you now that there is a bit of fruity language in there. There's a bit of a uh, bit of rock and roll language in there. So if you have uh, young children listening, uh, maybe uh, maybe go and send them upstairs to, you know, I don't know, play with knives or something. Uh, anyway, um, so that's that's coming up very shortly. And so I've, the reason I say it's part one is because part two will be played in a couple of weeks' time because he had so much good stuff that I couldn't cut any of it out. So tonight we're going to be listening to what he said about the Blue Tones years. And then after that, we're going to, next time we're going to be talking about some other stuff he's doing, like Helicopter, the Holy Ghost, this uh, Morris Clark Helm uh, uh, solo stuff, uh, all sorts of things. But today it's going to be largely Blue Tones. But 25 years ago before we move on to the Blue Tones, 25 years ago, Lush released a song called Lady Killers. Now, I know you all think that that was written about me, but it wasn't. Uh, apparently, this, and that, so listen carefully, the second verse was written about the Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer, Anthony Kiedis. And the third verse was written about Weezer bassist Matt Sharp, respectively. Uh, apparently, uh, the lead singer, the female lead singer, condemned uh, their behaviour, particularly uh, Anthony Kiedis of, uh, of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, that she witnessed during Lollapalooza, labelling him as manipulative and detailing an incident in which he asked her to accompany him to a strip group, sorry, strip club, as well as his abuse of groupies that occurred during the tour. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? I know. So well, it turns out it wasn't written about me, but this is Lady Killer's Lush. Summer. He flirted like a maniac, but I wouldn't buy it. 
Monday night, six o'clock, Britpop show. I know, girls, I know, girls. That was released 25 years ago on the 26th of February, 1996. And it was the second single from their album, Love Life. Got to number 22 in the UK. Uh, and Lush got annoyed, I remember, by the what they called stupid Elastica comparisons. But to be honest, I think Elastica have one good song and so do uh, Lush. And that was it. You are welcome for me having played it. Now, John T has got in touch saying he how he loves that Oasis song. He wanted to know if we were going to be playing any Oasis. And indeed, we have. He says, Absolute Tune was about to ask if there's any Oasis. And this is in my top three Oasis songs. Love it so much. Any guitar players out there, very easy easy to play on the guitar so give it a go now what were we talking about we were talking about this interview with mark morris there is some fruity language coming up and here is here is the first first bit of it we've got three or four bits here's the first bit he's talking about you remember we had had nigel clark here the lead singer of dodgy he was in the studio and he was talking about the house that they had and then the blue tones came along well here's the flip side of that story here is what mark morris had to say about it Tell me about his house in Hounslow, because Nigel came to the studio and was telling us all about his house in Hounslow. But I want to hear your version. Well, I'll tell you the long version, if you like. I went to see this band called The Grooveyard, and more about them later. I went to see this band called The Grooveyard, who were playing in Hampstead. We lived in Hounslow at the time, and uh, so it's a couple of train rides away. And uh, that night they were supported by Dodgy. Never heard of Dodgy before, but they were the support band, and they were brilliant, and they blew us all away. So at the end of the gig, they're packing their gear away, and we went and approached them and said, when are you playing next? Um, when can we catch you again? And they said, oh, we're playing, we play every week in Kingston. And we were like, oh, we know Kingston. We can get, that's like one bus. <laughs> that's one bus away. <laughs> so we went to the Dodgy Club. But we got to know them. And it turns out that the house they were living in was on the same estate as mine and my brother's grandparents. But me and my, my grandparents lived there. And so one, one Sunday afternoon, they just sort of invited us around. And they said, well, why don't you pop around one day? So we went over there. Uh, listen to records, smoking doobs, that sort of thing. It was really cool. Um, just became friends. And at, at that time, I was living in a shared house with Adam and a couple of other people. But a room became available in Dodgy's house. Uh, one of their friends who'd been living with them moved back to Birmingham. So I moved in to the Dodgy house and got the box room because I just wanted to sort of hang out in this atmosphere because they were being very creative. They were writing and playing songs all the time. And I just wanted to be around that. And they also had this space in the garden that they'd built 
which was the, the rehearsal space. And, you know, with them getting a record deal, I could see that they were all going to move out. And I thought, you know, I want to inherit that space because that would save us a fortune. And, uh, and that's kind of what happened. So, yeah, we were all very, but then Scott eventually moved in and eventually it was the four of us. So we had it, we had it, all four of us there. We'd, we'd inherited this house from Dodgy. And that, but that's got to be make or break for an hour for a band, isn't it? You're all living together. You're either going to love it or you're just going to break up, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's very true. And we've always been fine living. I mean, I'm probably the most uptight one out of all of us. about being uptight i read somewhere that after the first album you wouldn't talk to the band for a while that wasn't after the first album that's when we were recording the third album i went off on a bit of a huff this is before mobile phones and before the internet so i was i went completely off the grid you know <laughs> we were at a studio in down in cornwall down near a place called foy by the river yeah. foy sawmills is the name of the studio and it's accessible by road you have to you can only get to the studio on foot we, we were there for a really long time we were there for kind of 10 weeks or something and you have to wait till the tide is low enough so that the boat can go under the little footbridge and I just stuck one yeah. side or the other it's yeah. really it's really quaint and you know idiosyncratic and I like it a lot. I had a great time it was a good summer but you know halfway through the process I was getting right up with the rest of the band and so I just pissed off home I just literally in the sort of wee small hours got up packed my bag walked on the railway track got to the station got a train home unplugged the phone didn't answer the door for about a week and then I just went back and walked straight back into the studio and everyone was like all right <laughs> you know there was no confrontation or anything and I, I just needed to I think get some get clear my head up a little bit yeah. it was a bit of a selfish thing to do but I wasn't being I wasn't particularly like um I wasn't holding up the process of recording because you know you're sitting around a lot especially as the singer but did you come back with a great song that you'd written while you were away no yeah, with my tail between my legs. Favourite gig? Favourite gig? Favourite gig? There's a few. I will say there was one occasion when we played at the Barrowlands in Glasgow, which really stands out. I mean, it's a wonderful venue to play, and it's it's got a huge sprung floor, you see, because it's a ballroom. So the whole room literally bounces when the gig's going well. And we played there once one night, and we finished with If, and we were in our dressing room, kind of like about six floors up, but you could still hear like hundreds and hundreds of people just leaving the venue, singing the uh, end refrain. Na, 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 yeah, that, from yeah. If, all the way yeah. down the road, yeah. It was just one of those magical sort of moments.
you see what I did there? He was talking about the na na na's at the end, and it kicked in just as uh, just as he said it. Clever, isn't it? Almost like I planned it. I love the blue tones. I absolutely love the blue tones. We've got more coming from the blue tones. I know, can you believe it? Actual Mark Morris. More from the blue tones coming up very shortly. But there they were, of course, talking about their adventures in the Dodgy house, the house that they inherited from Dodgy, which Nigel was telling us about. See, it's, all, it's, like, a, it's like an eye into the Britpop community, not just the Britpop community, but this is Britpop royalty. Maybe not, maybe not a king here we're talking, but we're talking certainly one of the princes. I'm talking Prince Harry of the Britpop world, talking to us at Cotswolds Radio. I know, how do I manage it? Uh, I'm not prepared to divulge what I had to do in order to get that interview. Uh, but we're going to have to play something by Dodgy now, aren't we? Here we go. out for the summer dodgy do you know why i played that because mark morris was talking about dodgy 
in the same way that Nigel Clark was telling us about his house in Hounslow when he was here. I know, I just can't believe we're getting all this Britpop royalty onto the show. Well, I can, I can, frankly, but I'm just trying to be self-deprecating. It is not my style, I know. It's been a little bit quiet on the emails today, guys, so feel free to send some messages in. Let me know how much you're enjoying talking to Mark Morris of the Blue Tones. Um, Because it's, you know, I like to hear, I like to hear that you guys are... Uh, at least somebody's listening. I know you are. I can see all the figures. There's loads of people listening. Right, this next bit is from Mark Morris. And I warn you, there is some rock star language. There is even an F-bomb in this one. So if you have any children listening, uh, go and get them to uh, go and get them to stand outside for the next 40 minutes. This is Mark Morris talking about, uh, talking about Marblehead Johnson. 25 years coming up since the release of Expecting to Fly. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? Well, we were going to be touring, weren't we? But unfortunately, that's been postponed to August. So yeah. that that'll be a celebration of sorts when we when we do it in the summer. Because you know, when, there's a sketch by Bill Hicks, and he describes it as when they come up with a cure for AIDS. He says, "On that day, they'll be fucking in the streets," and it's like it feels like that. It feels like the day that we can all go back to gigs, people are going to be so, so it's going to be kind of joyous. It's going to be very celebratory for a while, I think. Yeah. Just this, this real sense of appreciation that everyone's going to have, performers and audience, that here we are back in our good place. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So to have that to celebrate, the 25th anniversary thing, I think it's all going to work out all right. I might say something that we But what does it mean, Marblehead Johnson? What's that about? I think it means Willie. Does it? Um, I think so, yeah. Oh, well, do you know what? It's, I wish I'd asked the name of, It's back to Bill Hicks again. It was the name of the band that he was he played in. They yeah. were called Marblehead Johnson. So we just appropriated it as a sort of tribute to Bill. I like it. Those sort of thing that like those who know will get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, not very, me then. Very cliquey. <laughs> So you've got Marblehead Johnson. How come that was a single only and didn't make it on an album? We liked the idea of doing that. I mean, I think we Are liked the idea of doing Did they do that? They did it with whatever, didn't they? Oh, did they? Didn't know that. Did that uh, appear on the album eventually? No, it didn't, no, did it? No. No, we weren't copying fucking Oasis. <laughs> um, we were copying the Beatles and we were copying the Smiths. They used to do that. And oh. we did it. Uh, as, as, as many times as we could really because the record company weren't very keen on that because it wasn't as cost effective as doing an, an album especially if, you're, if, there's, if there's not an album to promote it was just a standalone single and it did pretty well and it, it did send the album back up the charts but then obviously people were like well this is ain't even on it I think it was one of those things where before we started work on In Earnest on the second record we had this song which felt like it was part of the first record yeah. still even though it's not on the first album it's like you know like like, you know, Stone Roses left Where Angels play off of the first album. It's sort of like that. It's like it didn't really fit on the album, but it's of that time. So we need to just get it out and then we can start on this new project, which is 
the second album with no songs that are left over, do you know what I mean? Did you hear it? Yeah. Any kids go, uh, Daddy, what does that word mean? Oh, who cares? Who cares? What can you do? Do you know what? I think it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. So I just played it. But if there were any, any, uh, you know, children under the age of, uh, well, you know, under the age of consent listening, then I do apologise. Now, we do have some shout outs to some young ladies tonight. So uh, I don't know whether they were old enough for that language. But we've had a, a, I've got a shout out later coming up for a birthday girl who's just about had her 18th birthday. Now that is good parenting, teaching your children to listen to the Britpop show. I know. Even better. This one goes out to Yaz, whose dad has forced her to listen to the Britpop show. And as a result of that, she started to get into some Britpop music. None of this nonsense like Drake and Taylor Swift. She's starting to... Uh, to learn her lesson and she likes a bit of verve so let's play it this is it the bittersweet symphony Change, I can change, I can change 
Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. That is for Yaz, who's listening in Guildford in Surrey. Yaz, welcome to the club. I know people don't like it when their parents, especially your parent, forces music on them. But this is good music. You, you know, you're going you're gonna to make all the boys crazy as a result. Now, we've got a, an 18th birthday shout out coming up shortly as well. But before we do that... We're gonna have, we are going to have some more Mark Morris, so hang around. But before we do, we do that, it's been a lovely weekend, hasn't it? It's been lots of, uh, lots of decent weather. So I, need, I, I can't miss the opportunity for a terrible segue. And this is one of them. This is Blue Skies by The Long Pigs.
Sky by The Long Pigs. Off their second album, Mobile Home, which is vastly underrated, although their first album was possibly one of the greatest albums ever. What an album. Uh, I used to stand there, in fact, with my mate Paul. There's this song called Over Our Bodies, and at the end we used to, in a really geeky kind of way, just hold our arms out when there was this certain bit came along, just because it was, like, uh, you know, totally iconic. Yes, we did get all the babes. That's uh, because we were so cool. Paul is now listening with his 18-year-old daughter. Cannot believe she is 18. Happy birthday, Emily. Now, Emily has requested a song which will be coming up very shortly, but in the meantime, should we have a bit more from Mark Morris? And first of all, he's going to tell you what his favourite Blue Tone song is. Then later on, he's going to tell you about his favourite Britpop song. But let's start off with his favourite Blue Tone song. Let me just get this door. Second album, why has it got a Mexican feel to it? Well, I, for some reason, right, we absorbed a lot of Mexican art together because we spent a lot of time together. So we were like watching a lot of Mexican movies and listening to Mexican music, and we, we sort of became very, uh, you know, we got into Mexican food. We got into the Mexican culture in, in quite a way for about a year and a half, and it sort of bled onto the record a little bit. I can't think what actually prompted it. It wasn't like a decision. It just evolved into like this sort of flavour to what we were playing. Yeah, because even jammed. the B-sides. You've got I Walked to a Night in Teenage Shoes, the B-sides yeah. to Solemn Bites the Worm. I mean, that in itself, that CD in itself is brilliant. Oh, I Walked to a Night's a cover, isn't it? It is, yeah. It appeared on a cassette that was on the free of Select magazine or something like that. Not Select, like Q or something. Yeah. Of lost, of lost treasures. And it was like, ooh. And our friend suggested we covered it. So we thought, I mean, it was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Right, I'm going to move on to the cheesy questions. To be clear, those weren't the cheesy ones. These are the cheesy right. ones, right? Okay. So, favourite Blue Tone song? Okay, that's a good question. My favourite Blue Tone song, it might be, it might well be, it's difficult, you know, like, it is like choosing between not your children. Well, I mean, you always do have a favourite child, that's your why. Your favourite puddings, it's like for choosing between your favourite desserts. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it might be, I think my favourite Blue Tone song might be Autumn Tones from the um, Serenity Now EP. Right, now stop making not, stuff up. It's not a well-known one, but I do think like it's one I love playing. Or Emily's Pine, there we go. Emily's, Emily's Pine, Pine might be my favourite. Emily's Pine will never go in nowhere. Oh, you know what, you're picking all the wrong ones. What's your favourite then? What, what do I know? <laughs> well, once, to be honest, I, someone said this once. They said once we've recorded it, especially with lyrics, what those lyrics mean, it's nothing to do with me anymore. It's, yeah, I the, know. it's the listener. If, whatever you think they mean is what they mean. I'm not going to pick one of my, you know, if I absolutely love and all that. But I really like the basement song. Oh, do you? Yeah, really like that. Mm. It's that bit at the end, you know, the, the rep repetitive lyric. The yes. at the end, yeah. Love that. Because I've, I've got it on vinyl. And 
Yeah, I, I've got to say, it, I would skip Only's Pie to go to that one if I could, but it's on vinyl, so I have to, you know, wait. I have to wait. So yeah. I've, now I'm going to listen to Emily's Pine and go, well, this is Mark's favourite. doesn't it bearing in mind the shout out we're about to give is to emily emily who is in america and is listening the day after her 18th birthday so she's probably got a sore head gone out and got lashed the night before happy birthday emily and you requested something by the stone roses in fact you requested waterfall waterfall by the stone roses and if an 18 year old girl from america wants to hear waterfall by the stone roses then by god she will hear it here it is.
Emily's Pine to Stone Rose's Waterfall. Happy birthday, Emily. And while we're doing shout outs, John T has said he thinks that Stone Roses are the best band. They're definitely not, John T. I mean, they're not even up there. I think they just got lucky. Ian Brown in particular. What is that vocal? Come on, sort it out. Uh, we've also had a request from somebody. I love your I love your nicknames. There's a guy every week emails in King of Something. This is King of Bristol this week. The King of Bristol wanted originally wanted Saint Etienne, and I had to go back to him and say that's not Britpop, mate. So we requested Hey Dude by Cooler Shaker. So I thought I'd play it for you. Here it is. for the barnstorming ending. Like 
Hey Dude by Cooler Shaker. Requested by the King of Brizzle. I wonder where he'll be next week. Uh, we had a big, uh, a big debate about whether St. Etienne were Britpop, and they definitely are not. He sent me a list, actually, from The Guardian, uh, which maybe I'll read out sometime, uh, which put them in uh, at, at number four, I think. And, but that list didn't even have any blue tones in it. I mean, or Shed 7, for, the, for that matter. Had a bit of pulp, Oasis Blur, but come on. Any list that doesn't have the blue tones is not worth the paper it wasn't even written on. Right, we're going to finish with a bit more... Uh, a bit more from we've got loads of songs coming up still but we've got we're going to finish with the the first part of mark morris's interview and i wanted to know i always ask this question i wanted to know what his favorite Britpop song was we're the Britpop show right so favorite mm-hmm. Britpop song well i think it's probably going out by supergrass i love that record it was their first record first release after i should coco so getting ready for their second album, which I think is a brilliant record. I think it's their best record. Their In it for the money. Mm, yeah, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Not on vinyl. You can't get it. It's not on vinyl. It will be. It guaranteed will be. It will yeah. Be. Yeah. for Fly. When's that coming on vinyl? It's been issued once, as you know. It was reissued about ten years ago. It's going to be reissued next year. Demon oh. Records are reissuing all of our albums, including a new Athens on vinyl for the first time. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so Good. it's quite a busy old year. Oh, no, this this year. Did I say next year? This year. So 2021, yeah. all of the Blue Tones albums will be out on vinyl. Yeah. Something for the listeners. Yes, you know, yes. Save up, the, save up their pennies, nothing else to spend it on. Yeah, but Supergrass, great album. Second album. Yeah, yeah. and that song, Going Out, I love it. It's got that sort of really lovely mid-period Beatles flavour to it as well, that sort of magical mystery tour, the sort of mildly psychedelic era of Beatles. Yeah. I love that. I mean, they're such a brilliant band. It was a real pleasure to tour with them. We supported them in 1995. Because Gaz was only about 19 at the time, wasn't he? I think they were a bit younger than that even, you know. Really? Because mm. they, they were off of the Monkeys gig, weren't they? By Spielberg. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they went into, yeah, went into development, but I don't think, yeah, and nothing came of it, did it? Yeah, well, I don't think they wanted to be uh, <laughs> written off. Guess what I'm going to play now. I know, he, re- he didn't request it, but he said it was his favourite song, so it'd be rude not to. This is going out... By the soup by Supergrass.
Going Out by Supergrass, as requested by Mark Morris, lead singer of The Blue Tones. Now, if you liked that interview, you should tune in, because I've got a second part to, to that interview, where he's talking about not the Blue Tone stuff, he's talking about what he's up to now, some of his solo stuff, some more Blue Tone stuff. He's also talking about this uh, project that he's doing called Helicopter of the Holy Ghost. Now, I might play that second part next week. I might play it the week after. Who knows? Depends how I'm feeling. Let's have a bit of fun with screen showing. Never get to be, never get to have it, never get to cool as you stop paying the tears. Yeah, what can a pop do? Better go back to your mama, she'll take care of you. Life's a wife, life's your son, stay a drink until
my primal scream. Is it Britpop? Probably. I'm massively into that album at the moment. I think it was around 94. Primal Scream, definitely Britpop in my opinion. But Alan liked it and that's what counts, isn't it, Alan? Uh, right, a big shout out for, to Fernanda who's listening in Brazil. Uh, and everybody else who's listening around the globe. We've got people in France, America, all over the place. So thank you for tuning in. I've done it again. I've run out of time. Uh, happy birthday again to Emily. Thank you for listening. Ha uh, big shout out again to Yaz. Make sure if there's any, Yaz, is there anything you've heard that you like tonight? Make sure you badger your dad about it for all sorts of stories. In the meantime, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with your minds a little bit. I'm going to end the show with an opening track from Shed 7's best album, A Maximum High. Guys, thank you again, as always, for listening. I do appreciate you coming along. Uh, we'll be back next week, don't worry. Same time. If you missed, if, there'll be a podcast of this as well. And next week, there'll be loads more from Mark Morris with his interview. This is Getting Better, Shed 7. See you on the flip side. You are my guy.